So I want to just go on something today that will bless, again, our life. I'm going to talk about uh, the gift of righteousness and its implications. The gift of righteousness and the implication of that gift. I know that many of us, we know about righteousness, but I want to take you a bit deeper in some other stuff of righteousness. Hallelujah. So let me define righteousness because of time. Let's go quickly. Righteousness, righteousness is a quality of being right. Because I say, I know if I ask you what is righteousness, one sentence, right standing with God. That's what we know. But I want to just give you some details. Righteousness is a quality of being right in God, uh, in the eyes of God, included in character, which means in nature. So righteousness is a state of being right in the eyes of God in character. It means that your nature, even your nature is right. Hallelujah. Not just that you've been declared righteous, but your nature has changed to match the nature of God. In character, in conscience, it means in your attitude also, you are right before God. In conscience and then also in conduct, meaning your actions. So God gives you the gift of righteousness that impacts not only your consciousness, but your action also. Hallelujah. And the last level of righteousness is in his commandment. It means in his word. It means as far as God's word is concerned, he sees you righteous. Hallelujah. Because the impression we have is that we have received a gift of righteousness. Now we must work our way. And no, the gift of righteousness is a gift of wholeness. It means when you receive a gift of righteousness, God sees you as a whole, as whole. He has made you whole. Hallelujah. So that's the gift of, of, of righteousness. Now, righteousness is therefore based upon God's standard. Hallelujah. Because he's the ultimate lawgiver. So God based righteousness on his own standard, not on your standard. Hallelujah. And I know that according to your standard, to be righteous, you need to do everything right. Hallelujah. But God based it according to his own standard because God is the ultimate law, law giver. You will see that in the book of Isaiah 33 verse 22. We want to read it. Isaiah 33 verse 22. Now, according to the definition that I gave now, no man can be righteous. Have you seen a man that is perfect in his conduct, perfect in his character, perfect according to God's law, perfect in all his actions? Have you ever seen somebody like that? So you can't be righteous. Hallelujah. According to God's definition of righteousness, no man can be righteous. Let's, let's read the scripture that says that. In, I want to go to the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7 verse 20. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 20. Let's read it. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 20. It says, for there is, no, there is not a just man on earth hmm. who, who does good and does not sin. Read it again. One, two, three. He said there is no man on earth. Hallelujah. Second scripture in the book of Romans, chapter number 3, verse 10. Romans, chapter number 3, verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. 
Read it for yourself. So there was no way a man could be righteous. I say there is no, say there is no way. Hallelujah. Now, why was the law given? The law was not given to make people righteous. Amen. The law was given as a means of grace through which, through the sacrifice of animals, the wrath of God could be appeased for a while so that God can relate to men upon the sacrifice of animals. So the law had no power to transform the inside of a man. The law had no power to transform the conscience of a man. The law had no power to change you from the inside. The law was given as a tutor, as a, as a guard. The law was our guardian. Let's read some scriptures. In the book of Romans, uh, chapter number 3, verse 20. Romans 3, 20. It says, therefore, by the deed of the law, no flesh will be justified in the sight of the law, in, in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the law make you aware. Law equals sin consciousness. That's why a man that works under the law is always aware of his own sin. A law mindset is a law of confession all the time. He cannot approach God because he's afraid that he has done something wrong. That's a mind bind by the law. If you want to know if you are under the law or under the grace of the law, this is a, the thing. When you are sin conscious, it's an indicator that you are not under the grace. Hallelujah. Now let's read the second scripture in the book of Galatians chapter number 3, verse 23 to 25. Galatians chapter number 3, verse uh, 23 to 25. It said, but before faith came, we were kept under God by the law, kept for the faith which would after be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. So the law was given as a tutor, as a, as a, as a schoolmaster, and his role was to, to lead you to Christ. So the law was not an end on itself. The law was not given so that everything can stop there. But the law was given so that it can point out to Christ. The reason why animals were sacrificed is to picture what God is going to do through Christ. Hallelujah. So according to scripture, you cannot be justified by the law. According to scripture, there is only one way to be justified. It's faith. So if your justification is through faith, why do you come down to justify yourself through your deeds? Oh, you don't check what I'm saying. You see, it's easy to preach sin. But it's difficult to understand Grace. It's very difficult. Why? Because we are not trained to understand grace. 
The system of reward introduced in our houses when we were young has made it difficult for us to accept. Because for us, everything must be justified. If I say I love you, it's because you have done something for me. You see how we train our children? If you bring me a good, and, and I'm not saying that it's all bad, but I'm just giving an example. If you give a good report, I'll give you this money. So the child is working toward his money. Therefore, when he's a grown-up and he comes to God and he says, it by faith, he says, it does not make sense. I am trained to work. I am trained not to receive without justification. Why are you giving it to me? What did I work for? Why, 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 why do you say you love me? Because I didn't do anything to earn that. So righteousness is obtained by faith. Hallelujah. So what is the righteousness in the New Testament? The righteousness by faith is the act for which God declares somebody righteous. Hallelujah. Based on faith in him. Righteousness becomes a gift. It's not based on deeds or our own goodness. Hallelujah. That idea frees you. You are free. Hallelujah. Because you are not, you are not relating to God according to deeds anymore. You relate to God according to faith. So I can say Jesus loves me. I don't need proof. I know. Hallelujah. You know, we have been confined so much to deeds that for us, you know, that's why we introduce the notion of to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, you must cry, cry, cry for days. So when you get it, it's because I fasted. If fasting would bring the baptism, it would have happened in the Old Testament already. Oh no, you don't tell what I'm saying. I don't think you can pray more than these people in the Old Testament. I don't think so. I don't think that you pray more than people like Elijah. But they were never baptizing the Holy Ghost because it's not about that. If the church understands that, that even baptism in the Holy Ghost is by faith. No, I want to scrap all those teachings you got. Because I make it so difficult that to access God, there's a wall. You can't go to God because there are so many rules and so many things to do. And I'm not saying that when you are Christian, you do nothing. When you are Christian, you do from the inside. It becomes a relationship thing. It does not become a thing that you do in order to. Do you understand what I'm saying? If baptism of the, of the Holy Ghost takes tears and tears and tears, it's not gift anymore. It's a reward. Because the, more that, the one that is enduring and can cry more can get it. But the one that is not enduring can't get it. So what is the gift about? And Peter said, this gift is for you and the generation to come. No condition. He said, the only condition, believe in Christ and the gift is for you. So I don't know who you are. You've been crying for the gift of baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can, Holy Ghost, you can get it today. Oh, there is no delay. You can get it today. Stop the lies. Personal experiences have robbed us from the truth of the word of God. People write books based on their own experiences. 
And they don't know that personal experience is called personal, not collective experience. So I don't know why yours happened like that, but according to scripture, this is the way it should happen. Now, if yours happened like that, you need to correct something in your own self and your own understanding. Imagine your son has to cry, 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 cry before you give him something and say it's a gift. No, it's a reward after it's a reward of tears. It's a reward of tears. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. It's a reward of tears. I don't know where you've been to church. Welcome to Divine. I don't know where you've been to church all these years. But welcome here. And, and if you can't prove through the scripture that we need to cry, cry, cry before we are baptizing the Holy Ghost, stop preaching it. Because you have no scripture reference to do that. But I have plenty of scripture reference that says that by faith in Christ, the gift is for you. People say that the apostle prayed for 10 days, that's why the Holy Ghost came. I say, is that so? Is that so? Just 10 days. And then the Holy Spirit came. So why did he, why does the 10 days coincide with Pentecost? So they said themselves, let's pray for 10 days, then Pentecost, then 10 days is finished. No. Holy Spirit came on Pentecost because God matches the celebration of Pentecost with, as a first fruit of, 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 the, of the crops. He matches it with it because at that day, the first fruit of the new creation took place. So our Pentecost now, we are not celebrating in the mind of the law anymore. We are celebrating as the first fruit of the work of God in the lives of believers. That's where the Holy Ghost came. It didn't come out of tears. Hallelujah. They say also, I'm trying to say things so that you can understand. They say no, uh, uh, it's it because they're all uh, together and they understand each other and uh, they had unity that the Holy Ghost came. Now, the unity was not to pray for the Holy Ghost. The unity was that they sat and believed what Jesus says. He said the Holy Ghost will come. That was the unity. It was not about their internal fight. So you come to church and say, unless all of us understand each other, the Holy Spirit cannot be here. Who said so? The Holy Ghost comes to bring unity. It does not come because unity is there. Oh my God. So it comes to bring the unity you are trying to, to obtain by your own strength. Because when the Holy Ghost comes, it works in the life of somebody so that the, the gift of love may be in your life. It does not come because you are already in unity. It comes so that you can be in unity. That's why many people are struggling. They are too based on themselves. Look at Abraham. I want to take you to, are you tired? No. Hallelujah. This is freedom. You, you need, if you need deliverance, this is a deliverance. Let, let me tell you something about deliverance. The best deliverance is not when we cast demons out of you. The best deliverance is when you cast ignorance out of you. Because my people die because of lack of knowledge. Not, not because of presence of demons. They die because of lack of knowledge. So the best deliverance you can get is to go from ignorance to knowledge. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. He didn't say, they shall cast out demons and shall be free. He said, you shall know the truth, and out of the truth, demons will check out of your lives. Yes. 
think a demon cannot stay with me because there is too much light for him to stay there. Where does the light come from? The truth. Hallelujah. People have become suspicious because they don't know the word. They magnify demon more than the word. A child of God. Look at Abraham. Let's go to Abraham. Abraham was declared righteous by faith. Remember, Abraham was in the Old Testament. But God said, I'm going to do an exception. I'm going to declare you. <laughs> Remember, we are not declared righteous. We became righteous. It's a difference. Abraham was declared. It means righteousness was not his nature, but he was covered in the gown of righteousness. Come on now. Come on now. The difference between Abraham and you is that you are, you are not declared. You have become. <laughs> Abraham was declared righteous, and I will tell you what that did in the life of Abraham. This is a man that a father of faith, his wife name was Sarah. Hallelujah. This is a man that said to his half-sister, because it was his half-sister, when we get to Egypt, tell them you are my sister. He hid the, place, the fact of marriage. I don't know which woman in our midst that you go with your husband somewhere. Huh? The Abrahams. You are Abraham. <laughs> you go somewhere and you say to your wife, Mrs. Abraham, when we get there, tell them you are my sister. And then when they get there, somebody is having intention and you are fine. I'll kill him before he leaves. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll kill him before he leaves. I said to the guys, if you play with my wife, you are dead. <laughs> I won't kill you with weapon. I'll kill you with my knees. I'll go before God. I, I'll cry so my God will reward me with your death. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't mean to say that. <laughs> so Abraham was not a man without mistake and faults. But when he believed, God said, I clothe you with a garment of righteousness. Declared righteous. Hallelujah. Say, Abraham was declared righteous. Now, as a result of that, this is a man that is declared righteous. Let's read it. Genesis chapter number 15, verse 6. Genesis 15, 6. When we finish this, all your prayer requests will be answered because you will know how to pray. Now, let's go. Uh, Genesis 15, 6. And he believed in God and he accounted it to him for Romans chapter number 4, verse 3. Let's go there. Romans 4, 3. Can you, can you take us? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Romans 4, 3. Thank you, Jesus. For what does scripture say? Abraham believed and it was accounted to him for right. Now, look at the result of that righteousness. A man, a human being, Abraham, when he was declared righteous, stood before God in Genesis 18. God was on his way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And God said to himself, I cannot hide this from Abraham. Do you know why? Because he's a righteous man. Power of righteousness. He said, I cannot do something without telling him. 
because I have chosen him to be a father of many nations. He's a righteous man. And God said to Abraham, Mr. Abraham, Mr. Abraham, uh, look at God talking to a man. I intend to go and destroy Sodom. I, I want to go and see if what they told me is true because the cry of the people have heard my ears. So Abraham knew God wants to destroy them. The men said to God, listen, pardon me, God. I want to say something. Will you destroy the righteous and the unrighteous? It means reminding God of his own principles. It's like God, it's, it's like, like saying to God, but you, you can't do that. And God says, no, I will not do it. And then they went on from 50 until they got to 10. Abraham will say, I want to speak again, but pardon me. Do you think Abraham was being disrespectful to God? Do you think he was being impolite? No, he was exercising the power of righteousness. Yes, that's what he was doing. Because the power of righteousness allows you to stand in the presence of God unashamed. Ah. And plead the cause of people, not with not with a fear in your heart, but the fact that your nature allows you to talk to him. This is the man. Stood before God. And God has to tell him, I will not do it if I found ten. I will not do it if I found one. Lot was in the camp of Sodom. Lot didn't know what was happening here between God and Abraham. But Abraham, based on righteousness, was interceding for Lot without Lot knowing it. He came to a point where he was convinced that Lot will not die. Ooh. I don't know the power of righteousness in your life. The power of righteousness can cause you to cover your family even when they are not saved. Yes, yes. That, that is big. That is because you think them as you say before God protect them. But if I take you back to Exodus, the blood was on the house post, on the doorpost, and all these people in the house were not all righteous. Some people were bad, some were wicked, but because of the blood, they were protected. That's why the Bible said, that's why, that's why Joshua said, me and my house, he said, me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I don't need their opinion. No, 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 show taka. I don't need the opinion. I need the blood. So those who have children that are misbehaving, don't worry anymore. Go into the room and say, Lord, the blood. This child was born for me. By virtue of righteousness, I stand in your presence today. And I declare that this child of mine will not be harmed, will not be killed because of the blood. Until such a time where he comes to knowledge and accept you, he's protected. Ah, Abraham did it. It worked. You can do it too. The power of righteousness. Say the power of righteousness. Hmm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I say thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Woo. Abraham was exercising the power of righteousness. He talked to God as a man talked to a friend. Now, in the New Testament, the gift of righteousness is given or granted upon faith in Christ, like I said. Hallelujah. Let's read Romans chapter number 3, verse 22. Romans 3, 22. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and and on all who believe. For 
there is no difference. Let's carry on. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Ha. Ha. Yo. So look at the way Abraham lived. Look at, look at what he achieved with God just because he was wearing the mantle of righteousness. But in the New Testament, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have not been declared anymore, like I said. You have become. Say, I have become. So when people see you, they see God's righteousness. But I know the mindset is that we want to work to acquire righteousness. And I know that many of us, we are still in that mindset. But we don't know it's not that way. Right, you become righteousness, and out of the nature of righteousness, you work it out. Hallelujah. So you don't try to love anymore. By nature, you love. No, you don't try to pray anymore. By nature, you pray. It's not the trying anymore. We are done with trying stuff. Because you are righteous. One of the big implications of righteousness, the Bible says you can come freely in the presence of God. Freely. So because of your righteousness, you can appear in the presence of God anytime. You want me to give you a scripture? Hebrews 4.16. Let's read it. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come. Read it, read it. One, two, three. You know why many people don't get their prayers answered? It's because they go with a guilt mentality. Before even they can get there, they think if I don't confess my sin, God is not hearing me. So they are going with sin mentality. And I'm not talking about not confessing sin, no. I'm talking about the attitudes of people when they go before God. They are in fear. When you have a gift of righteousness, when you have become righteous, you know that your father hears you. No, he does not hear you because of your deed. He hears you because of your nature. I've got the nature of God. Not by works, but by faith. Not because I deserve it, but it's his own choice to give it to me. I did not receive it because I'm good. I receive it because I believe. Hallelujah. Now, what, you, you can go before God. A second implication of righteousness, we are not in guilt anymore. Guilt falls away. Romans chapter number 5, verse 9. Romans 5, 9. Read it. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Amen? We can have a relationship with him. Because of righteousness. John chapter number 15, verse 5. Let's read it. John 15, 5. 
What does it say? John 15, 5. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. John 15, 5. He said, I am the vine. You are the... Stop it. Don't take it away. I want to explain to you something. <laughs> the branch and the trunk of a tree. The branch is connected to the tree. Hallelujah. Does the branch look for its own food? All it needs to do is to resist the wind. So when the wind comes, I'm not falling away. <laughs> if I fall away, I will dry. So the only thing he has to do is to remain in the vine. Let's carry on with reading. He who, let's read one to three. Uh huh. He said, "This is clear. A branch does not plan to bear fruit. Have you seen a branch, a branch thinking, how should I bear fruit this year?" Huh? A branch takes its, its life from the tree. And the tree takes its life from the roots. So when you are a Christian, what makes you abide in him is not prayer, it's faith. I know we have talked about abiding, 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 abiding. Because if it's prayer that makes you abide in you, the day you are not praying, what do you do? Do you know that there are situations where you can't really pray? So what do you do? And there are times where you can't just read your Bible. I, I mean, as a Christian, you need to understand there are seasons in your life where sometimes the reading of the Bible is not like before. Now, at that time, what do you do? You are cut off. No. 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 Your abiding is your faith in Christ. So as long as I have faith in Christ, I abide in him. And that faith in Christ will produce results. <laughs> I'm abiding in him. I, I listened to a tape many years ago where the man was crying tears with abiding. You will abide. If you don't abide, you will catch you. I cried with him. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and I was shaking. <laughs> don't cut me, Lord, don't cut me. I had dreams where I was cut. <laughs> because of what message. I cried so much. He had that, you know, that holy voice. He, you will be cut. From the poisons. And I'm talking about you. So, oh Lord, I'm going to hell. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute. This guy that is shouting like that, is he sure that he does that already? It's hypocrisy. Because you are telling me to do something you are not sure you do. The, the Christian life is about faith in Christ. 
How do you say it in African? Finish. It's about faith in Christ. If you don't get this this morning, you will be in works. Everything you do should be out of faith in Christ. Nothing else. When I'm worshiping, I'm not worshiping so that he can do something for me. I'm worshiping because I am in him. Hallelujah. So it's not about what he can do or what he can't do. It's about you putting your trust in him. And God shall set you free. You shall know the truth. Say, I shall know the truth. And the truth shall set me free. There is no morning when you wake up, you feel like you are not a child of God. It's not about feelings. I feel many things. Hallelujah. I feel many things. But it's not about what I feel. It's about what he says. I don't base my life with Christ with feelings anymore. I base it on what God says about me. And the Bible says that we have become the righteousness of God through Christ. Do you know that? I want to give you the right scripture. Oh, my Lord, help me. Say, help us. Oh, God, help us, help us, help us. Second Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 21, and we're going to end here. Second Corinthians 5, 21. Read it, believe it, and confess it. Second Corinthians 5. Four, let's read, one, two, three. So Jesus became sin. <laughs> he didn't sin, he became sin. The same way when he was an embodiment of God, he became the embodiment of sin. That's why God couldn't look at him. The reason at the cross where he said, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? It's because God couldn't look at sin. He has to turn his back on sin because Jesus became sin. Oh, you don't change sin. Jesus didn't, was not sinning. At the cross, he was not sinning. He became sin. Like they say, the man became a cow. So it means by, by some magic, they turn him into cow. So Jesus became sin. If he became a sinner, there was some part, some area of sin that he might not have dealt with. Because a sinner, a sinner, there are some stuff that will escape your scope of sinning. Mm. But Jesus became sin for us. Let's, let's carry on. Let's carry on. He became sin. Uh, for he who knew no sin. Now, I say don't take it away. You know the word knowing means intimate knowledge. The idea say he didn't do sin. They say he knew no sin. So it means he didn't become one with sin. Ah. Do you know that the Bible says in the book of Genesis that men shall live his father and mother and become one. They become one full intimacy. So Jesus, the Bible says Jesus knew no sin. So Jesus ne was never intimate with sin. So sin never took his nature. But they say he, he knew no sin. For he, he made him no, no sin to be sin for us. 
that we might become. Oh, did he say that we may be declared? He said that we might. So you know what you have become? You have become righteous. So when we talk about righteousness, don't look around. It's you. So you can walk around and say, do you want to know the righteousness of God? It's me. I have become. I have become the righteousness of God. So if you want to know how the righteousness of God looks like, look at me. Look at me because, because not only I didn't deserve it, but he has turned me into a standard of righteousness. So when the devil looks at me, he sees God's righteousness. I have become the righteousness of God through Christ. Christ died at the cross, became sin, and I became righteousness. He gave me his nature, and my nature went on him. Therefore, I'm not walking in the nature of men anymore. I'm walking in the nature of God. Because at the cross, there was a divine exchange. Oh, people see. You sing the song, Divine Exchange. It's at the cross that the divine exchange took place. Satan didn't know. If he had known, he wouldn't crucify the Lord of glory. So you can't go around feeling guilty anymore. I got angry with somebody. Oh, I feel so, I feel so bad about myself. No, you say I got angry, but that anger is not for my nature. So, in the name of Jesus, you don't come again, because you and me, we are not the same. Hallelujah. That's how you deal with it. Say you and me, we are not the same. So you go away. I know who I am. I know who I am. So you cannot reduce me to you. I haven't become the anger of God. I became the righteousness. I haven't become the last of God. I became the righteousness. Because God does not have all things in his dimension. So I only function in the dimension where God's things are. I say you have become righteous. So you know, the last implication I will tell you is that when you pray, God hears. I know there is a scripture that troubles you. In the book of 1 John, I think chapter number 4, verse 15, 14 to 15. Let's read it, if I'm not mistaken. 1 John, chapter number 4, verse uh, 14 to 15. Let's read it. There's a scripture that troubles Christians. I'm going to explain to you and then we finish. Hmm. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent a Son, a Savior of the world. Verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, abide in him and... Him in God. Let's go on. Am I on the right teacher? And we have known and believed that God love that and believed that the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in him. God abides in God and him in him. That's not what the scripture was looking for. Chapter 5. If we confess our sins, no, if we pray according to his will. He hears us. First John 5. Okay. Let's go there. Let me, let me look for it in my own Bible. I'll find it. Okay. Thank you. Now, we, now this is the confidence that if we have faith in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Let's carry on. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have a petition of what we have asked of him. Now, you know how people teach that? They teach it that God is saying, 
If you want this shirt and it's not my will, I'm not giving it to you. They say, I don't even hear you. So it means that the hearing of God is based on what he wants for you. So that's how they teach it. That if you pray according to his will. So they say, let know the will of God if you pray according to it. It's not bad. But can I tell you that God has no any other will but Jesus himself? Amen. His will is Jesus. His will is not your shirt, your car. That's not. These are temporary stuff. His will is confined in Jesus. He said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You listen to him. Now, what is praying according to his will means? There, was, there is only one way to pray. is to pray in the name of Jesus. That's why everyone is contradicting that Jesus said, anything you ask in my name, he shall give. So if, if that scripture means that I only give if I want to give you a shirt, then what Jesus says is not true. But Jesus says, ask anything in my name and you shall have it. He said, up to now you have asked nothing. Ask so that you can receive that your joy may be perfect. If you ask anything in my name, that I shall do. So what is that will? If you replace this scripture by Jesus, then we say, if you pray according to Jesus. So it's the name of Jesus that opens doors. When we pray by faith in the name of Jesus, God hears us. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. So when you say in the name of Jesus, the doors of heaven are already open. And people say, this type of prayer don't even go to the ceiling. It does not need to go to the ceiling. Do you know why? Because God is with you where you are praying. So your prayer don't need it. don't know, need to go through the ceiling. Because God is with you where you are. You say, but what about Daniel? Was Daniel having the indwelling of the Holy Ghost? Was Daniel, was, was Christ in Daniel? So you can't compare yourself to Daniel. Daniel was living in a different dispensation. You are living in a different one. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So now Christ dwells in you. So when you pray, he hears you. There's no demon between you. Excuse me. Excuse me. I've come to set you free. Amen. I said, prove me from scripture that what I'm saying is wrong. Amen. Prove me from scripture and I will know. Don't come with the scripture in Revelation where they say the angel have a bow of prayer of the sin in the, in, in, sense, in the bow, a prayer of the sin. And you say they came to collect it from you and go there. No. No, it's not like that. It's not like that. Because your prayer are addressed to God, not to angels. Those bowels they have, who gave it to them? Who gave it to them? God gave them the bowels. <laughs> because angels can't create bowels. So because you pray and God, the bowels, your prayer is in the hands of God through bowels, they give it to them. It's like incense. I'm praying this morning that you may be set free. I say, I'm praying that you may be saying that today when you enter the presence of the Lord, you say, Lord, thank you for, I know you hear me. And I know you are here with me. I don't need to struggle anymore because your voice is with me. I thank you for, I have become the righteousness of God through Christ. And now I can stand before you and make petition and plead the cause of people because you are good.
This you can do for yourself. Hallelujah. You can do for yourself. Hallelujah. Because God is with you. And you can do it for other people because you have faith in God that you will hear your prayers. Do you understand the foundation of righteousness? Or don't you? If you don't understand, you need another course. But make sure where you read. People, can I advise you? There are some books you shouldn't read. Yes. When you take it and you realize that this revelation is 10 years ago, be careful. Because the Bible says that you know in part, but you will know everything will be revealed. So Daniel says, knowledge will increase. So we are in an ever-increasing knowledge. So if your knowledge is 1,500, the guy wrote it in 1,900, and that's your revelation. You are way behind. You are still functioning with a... You know, we saw a cell phone in the movie. It was like a, a brick. You are still like that. You are carrying around those bricks. And, Hello, God. But now we are carrying smartphones. So you don't understand how smartphone works because you are still carrying that brick with you. Get rid of the old revelation and come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus. The author and finisher of your faith. So when you are sick, you can claim healing not with guilt, but knowing that Jesus said, by his time, I am healed. So it's not a matter of, I will, I am. So why don't I feel it? I don't care. I know I am healed. May God bless. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? Yes. 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 Another advice. Don't study your Bible with books. Study your Bible, and then you can read books to enhance what you have read. Some of you, the reason why you don't understand Bible is that your knowledge is already blocked. You have read so many books, so you, you read through the eyes of the books. When you, are read, you don't read the word anymore. You are reading your book, what that guy said. That's what you read. So you, leave, you miss on all the details because the guy didn't say the detail. I want you to read your Bible with the eyes of Christ so that you may understand the mind of God and the freedom he has given in Christ. Say, I can't be possessed. No, I want you to say it with your... Say, I can't be possessed. That is not part of me. I am the righteousness of God through Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say, say sickness is a foreigner in my body. There is only one place you are allowed to be xenophobe. It's full sickness. You must chase it. It's a foreigner. Sickness in you is not from God. You can chase it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He has no rights in your body. Amen. You can tell it away with me in the name of Jesus. Amen. You foul spirits. Amen. I accommodate God. Amen. The goodness of God. Amen. So you wake up in the morning, say, Father, thank you again. <laughs> what a wonderful day. February, month of supernatural accomplishments. Hey! Supernatural accomplishments! I say you will do supernatural thing in this month. You will shock yourself doing supernatural thing in the name of Jesus. Because you have moved from the natural to the supernatural. Hallelujah. Say this is my month. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I walk in authority. I walk with the knowledge of God. In the name of Jesus. I will never struggle to heal the sick again. Say, in the name of Jesus, when I set my hands, they are already healed. 
in the name of Jesus. Say every word that comes out of my mouth shall come to pass because I dwell in God and God dwells in me. I have divinity at work in me. The Holy Ghost dwells in me. I am heavenly. I'm not earthly. In the name of Jesus, I am a success. Give a hand to our Lord. Yes. So to finish off, I want to ask if you are here and you are not born again and you want to give your life to Christ today, would you please pick up your hand from where you are sitting today? I want to make peace with Christ. I want to know him. And because you cannot live a life of righteousness without faith in him. So if you are here and you say, this is my day. I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Can you please lift up your hand from where you are? If there are people that are in that case. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So we are all born again. Okay, the next Sunday, let's bring the unsaved. Can we all stand up?